Welcome to Old Walls House. It's your main man and host. It's me. It's Old Walls. I'm back. I'm back again. One more time. I'm here. Episode number 24 of Old Walls House coming your way. Uh, and as always, we're going to start off just saying thank you, everybody. I, I appreciate all of you guys uh, coming back and listening and hanging out with me. Um, I, I just... I'm blown away by uh, the people still come and listen and that people come and talk to me on this. So I'm having a blast. Um, we've now been listened to in, in nine countries. Uh, the U- the good old U.S. of A., of course. Canada, Lithuania, my man Burn Doggle. Uh, Kenya, Australia, Germany. And I think these were the new additions was Mexico, Ireland, and Italy. So nine countries have somehow found Old Walls House and at least tuned in for a, a couple minutes. And then 31 different states and uh, Washington, D.C. So pretty cool, pretty cool. I, uh, I Again, thank you guys. Thank you so much. If you could, we'll do that housekeeping real quick. Please rate, review, comment, subscribe, share, uh, pass it on to anybody you can. All that stuff is, is super helpful. Uh, got a fun episode coming your guys' way. Talking U.S. Open, of course. NBA and NHL playoffs. We have uh, some fights over the weekend. And then, you know, my passing thoughts, as always. So, uh, again, I appreciate all you guys. And without further ado, let's get into it. The United States Golf Association hosted the U.S. Open this weekend. And we have ourselves a first-time major winner, Matthew Fitzpatrick with rounds of 68-70-68-68 to win his first major title, and I believe his first tournament in America or on the PGA Tour, at the Country Club, also known as Brookline, where he also won the 2013 U.S. Amateur. He is the first, a second person, rather, second, to win the AM and then U.S. Open at the same course. Jack Nicholas did it. I believe Pebble Beach was where he did it, so... Just an, and just start. Let's just start right on Sunday. Just an absolute ball striking performance. Ball striking performance for Matthew Fitzpatrick. Seventeen to eighteen greens, just puring it all over the place. I mean, talk about puring it. We talk about. We're just gonna again skipping right to the end. The bunker shot and the fairway from eighteen. Um, from the bunker on the fairway, on the 18, not from the fairway, uh, from the bunker on 18, knocks it up there, lags a great putt down there for par, and, you know, Willie Z, who we'll get to in a little bit, too, uh, damn near sends into a playoff, but just a great performance from him. No over par rounds all week. Um, scrambles, scrambles very well in the first round to shoot 68. I think he only hit nine greens in the first round. Works out a... Uh, uh, a two under sixty eight, um, shoots a two under sixty eight on Saturday, which was the day where it was pretty, you know, playing pretty tough out there, and you know, just just a great, great performance from the guy, and and Sunday was a hell of a leaderboard, hell of a leaderboard. I mean, you start looking at the guys up and down the leaderboard. You obviously you got Fitzpatrick who wins, Will Zalatoris who just seems to keep showing up in majors. Like th- this dude hits it so good, so good. He, he just seems like he's uh, he's going to get it done. 
Scotty Scheffler just never is going to cool off, apparently. I mean, he's right there. Again, one shot out. Just staying hot. Little 67 from Scheffler today. After he had a kind of an implosion on the back nine on Saturday. Saturday was a wild day, too. But then just going up and down the list, Colin Morikawa, Rory McIlroy. Uh, Denny McCarthy's a young up-and-comer. He keeps showing up. Keegan Bradley was hanging around. Gary Woodland, kind of quietly, very quietly, top tens it. John Rahm was there. Uh, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay kind of in the backgrounds. My man Cantlay. <sighs> I've been, uh, he's just not showing up in the majors. I thought this was going to be his year. This may be one of his better finishes ever, T14. Uh, I guess I still got one more chance left with the uh, the British, but we'll just, we'll have to see. And, you know, Leishman's there and, you know, Dustin Johnson, bad Sunday, but, you know, a lot of good names, great tournament. There were birdies and bogeys and drama and great shots and everything felt great. Before I get to my mea culpa here, let's let's dial back. Before actually, before we get to my before Sunday, while we're on Sunday, Grayson Murray had himself a day out there. My man Tomahawk threw his putter about forty yards, and then missed the green and said, "Fuck it, this nine iron or whatever it was is going directly over my knee." So Grayson Murray, you you have yourself a day. Okay, let's now let's rewind. Let's go back to Thursday. Thursday. And I'm I'm all hyped because I love the US Open, man. I think it's my favorite tournament. I don't know if it's always produces the best viewing. I think the Masters more consistently produces the best viewing. But the tournament and the idea of the US Open. And I think there's a, a moment in Tin Cup where he kind of rambles on about this in the same way I'm about to right now. It's 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 the U.S. Open. Anybody can do it. Well, not anybody. You have to have a certain handicap index. But anybody who's a, a decent player can go try and qualify for the U.S. Open. It's completely open. There are no regulation. Like You just have to have an index. And you can go. And if you make it through local qualifying, then you can go to sectional. Make it through the longest day of the year. You can do it. There's something romantic about it. I think that's what they say in Tin Cup. I think that's what Kevin Costner's uh, character says. I think he says, there's something romantic about it. And there is. Like, you just get to go. It's open to anybody. I think at one point on Saturday, maybe, like 12 of the top 20 had to go through qualifying of some sort. Like, it's just so awesome. It's the national championship. Anybody can do it. It's just a, you know, it's a grind. It's a mental grind for four days to get it done. So I love it. You know what I don't love? Changing the channel every couple hours on Thursday and Friday. We're going to start on Peacock. And it's not just going to be the free Peacock. you got to pay for the Peacock. And then apparently you're still watching commercials on the Peacock. And then from there we're going to go over to USA. Then from there we're going back to NBC. And then we're going back to USA. And then we're going back to the Peacock. Back to the cock. Can we just put it on one channel? I mean, the British is usually pretty good about this. It's usually just, it used to be just like ESPN all day, I think. Now it's back on NBC, so I don't know what it's going to be this year. But like, I even get two channels. Like, you want to go USA early, and then go over to NBC, and even I get switching back. But we don't need three. And NBC.
NBC, what's that, NBC Comcast? They own the Golf Channel. We didn't want to mix the Golf Channel in? I don't get that. I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm just turning on another channel. But can we not do that again? Like, two channels at the most. And I get if you need to switch over to, you know, network for a while and then switch off on the weeknights so you can get to nightly news. But we don't need three. And we don't need to be hiding it behind paywalls on Peacock. I mean, just come on. Just come on. Um, so, yeah. So, that there's my thoughts on that. Uh, <laughs> Saturday was, I guess, pretty bad. I didn't notice it as much. I was having a couple drinks and playing some cards with the, the roommate while I watched on Saturday. But Saturday coverage was very, very bad. Again, I noticed, but I didn't notice that bad. Um, it was so bad that uh, No Laying Up tweeted at the... Uh, the new CEO of the USGA, Mike Wan. And Mike Wan was like, yeah, we get it. We need to, uh, we need to do some, who knows if they actually will, but Sunday was great. They dialed back the commercials on Sunday, gave us the Rolex, you know, last hour free commercial free. So, Hey, if, if they got to get their TV money somehow do it on Saturday, I guess that's just the kind of the price we got to pay. Um, they got to pay for it. You know, it's not the live. They just don't have, Piles and piles of money sitting around to to waste. So it's got to it's got to make sense financially. So I get it. Sunday was awesome. Okay, back to the kind of Sunday. I, I talked about some of the other guys already. I gotta have my. I think I gotta have my me my mea culpa with Rory. I had said he was going to contend on the back nine in either the PGA or the U.S. Open on a Sunday. I don't think I can count it. I gotta think. I, I got. I think I gotta say I was wrong. He, he wasn't really in it on on the back nine t- on Sunday. It just he was close. He was so close. He's making birdies left and right at the start, but he's just bogeying in between. I mean, he made that first birdie. I'm like, oh, here he comes. You know, it rained the night before. I'm like, here comes Rory. Rory coming. Rory coming. When they, you know, they they. Face, uh, they they uh, edit his face onto Omar from the wire. Omar, come, Rory coming, but he just couldn't get it done. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what the deal is. It's hard to win major championships. I get it, but the dude's got so much talent. Um, other people a little surprising. Colin Morikawa, that's Saturday seventy seven. Is he not a weather player? Like, does he just need the good conditions? I mean, Sundays weren't. Perfect. It was cold, but I don't think the wind seemed to be as much of an issue. Is that is is Morikawa just a guy who's going to just kill it when the conditions are great, and if the conditions aren't, he's not gonna. That's where I'm leaning. That's where I'm leaning. So, yeah, fun tournament. Um, the Country Club is proof that you don't have to make everything stupid long or stupid. You don't have to be stupid make a good golf tournament with a tough test um nine guys under par three of them at one under two at two one at three two at five one at six like that's pretty good i mean i again i i rambled on i ranted on last week that par is irrelevant but if you want to judge it off that like they didn't do anything fake to make them you know get to these numbers you know, they didn't have the greens baked out. They didn't have the rough, you know, they didn't have the fairways two feet wide and the rough 80, 18 inches tall. Like, it was still a good test. Good shots were rewarded. Bad shots were punished. Um, The short par three, the 11th, what a good hole. Like, 
You don't your par threes don't need to be two fifty. Those are not interesting. Like the eleventh is a way better hole than two was. And granted, you see eleven at a more consequential point of the round, but who would rather watch two than eleven? And I know you need a long par three, probably. But man, utilize those short ones. Like you can do such great stuff with par threes that are like under one sixty. Put the greens on an angle, bunkers all over, tight pins and so I think it's just a testament that you can go to these courses. Um, I wish we got more places like the Country Club than we're going to get of Pinehurst. Like, we're getting Pinehurst every four or five years. I know the USGA is, like, moving there in their headquarters. So we're, we're stuck with Pinehurst. But this course just does it for me so much more than Pinehurst. And we're going to have a lot of Pinehurst, Oakmont, and Pebble. And I'm I'm good with Oakmont and Pebble. Oakmont's like this course. I mean, Oakmont's long, but, like, it's it's just not fake. Pinehurst just doesn't do it for me. So maybe maybe I'll have a different view of that. So um, a, a, one last note here, as as Rory doesn't get it done, Spieth is not a non-factor again. Kind of the the two biggest you know standard bearers for the PGA Tour post the Tiger and Phil era. Tiger and Phil have both won a major more recently than Rory and Spieth, and by a long margin with Rory. Like, obviously, Phil won the PGA last year and Tiger the Masters in 2019. That's seven and five years more recently than Rory's won a major from Phil and Tiger. And two and four than Spieth. Crazy. Crazy. So, yeah. So, that wraps it up. The uh, the PGA Tour moves to uh, Travelers next week. I think that's up in, what, Hartford? Could be wrong there, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back to uh, talk about that. Over in the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, the NBA Finals. We're wrapped up. We're done. The marathon's over. <laughs> the uh, the Golden State Warriors. They're your champs again. Fourth time in eight years. Fourth time since 2015. They win uh, both games last week. Win game five. With uh, Steph Curry not making a three. 0 for 9 in game five. Andrew Riggins steps up, leads them in scoring. They pick up a big win there. And then uh, they they finish it off in Game 6. The Celtics come out hot in Game 6. Go up 14-2. to two. Problem was, from there, not so good. 52-25 to 25 run by the Golden State Warriors into the second. And to end the to half and into the second. 52-25. to 25. It went from 14-2 to two to 54-39. to 39. Just... Steph Curry's like a cheat code. Steph Curry's going to start getting, I, I'm sure, I, I don't watch like First Take or whatever Skip Bayless' shows. What Skip and Shannon, I don't watch those at all, but I'm sure it was all about Steph Curry being <clears throat> one of the greatest players. Is Steph Curry better than LeBron? Is Steph Curry better than Magic? Is Steph Curry better than Michael? I'm sure that's what those guys were just devoting hours to last week but it's a like it's a real question he's he's changed the game in maybe ways nobody has in in 30 years like the way the game's played maybe i mean michael changed it a little bit too like the the barn ball that was kind of ushered in by the the pistons in response to him um and then you know continued with the pacers and the knicks in the 90s and you know the the sonics kind of kept it up too so um you know, but definitely since then, Steph Curry's changed the game in a way nobody has. Like, 
LeBron's probably still the better player, but Steph Curry has changed the game in ways LeBron couldn't even dream of. Like he's changed. Steph Curry has changed the game more probably than Michael Jordan did. Um, more than I, I mean, maybe like you start going back to the old timey guys, like, uh, I got Bill Russell or something like that. And, you know, as the games just evolve, but the, the emphasis on threes or layups that Steph Curry has created. And again, I think analytics would have caught up eventually. I mean, it's catching up with everything else, but he really, he pushed it off the edge. So yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna be getting talked about as, you know, possibly one of the top 10 players of all time. He's won four NBA finals now. Two without Kevin Durant, so uh, he, he's he's as good as they get. I mean, if you're if you want a player in the NBA for the next like what four or five years, hard to hard to take. You know what? Maybe LeBron, but LeBron's getting older. You know, if you're looking longer term, maybe you think somebody like what I don't know, Luca, Jason Tatum, maybe. But uh, yeah, Steph Curry's incredible. Well-deserved MVP from him. So, uh, what else? Yeah, just maybe the Celtics are a piece or two away. Just, you know, a piece or two, a year or two, they're just... Maybe they're just not there. Just not quite there. They need a little something to push them over the edge that I just don't know that they have right now. So, yeah, so the NBA is done, and I won't talk about it again until next playoffs, probably, because I couldn't give... Two shits about the NBA regular season. Uh, over in the NHL, the Avs, the Avs, they go up 2 nothing. The betting favorites, I told you last week I was uh, all in on the Lightning. Would bet the Lightning if, if I had the chance. Avs, 2 nothing. Win game one in OT. Close game, fun game. Game two, beat down. Absolute beat down. 7 nothing. Seven. They scored seven goals. Just an, every time I turned it on, I was like, they were scoring. They're scoring. The crowd's singing Blink-182. It's just a big old party in Colorado. So uh, game three, back to Tampa. Going to be a big one for the Lightning, obviously. I, I'm, I'm holding out hope. I told you many moons ago. I was saying the winner was coming out of the Panthers and the Lightning. I picked the Panthers, so not a great sign for the Lightning that I just can't pick anything in hockey. Remember, hockey, moron. Hockey, moron. But I'll be looking forward. Game's on Monday night, 7 o'clock start time. A reasonable start time. Reasonable. That's 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. So reasonable start times. Looking forward to it. Hopefully uh, the Lightning can turn it around and uh, make this thing a series. So we'll. Uh, they play every other night. Going forward, great pacing, great pacing. So we're going Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. That would only get us six games, so game seven would be on Tuesday. So excited to uh, to see if my uh, my new adopted Lightning can keep it together and make this thing a series. So we will obviously be talking about that again next week when we circle back around. Over in the fight game this weekend, a uh, couple, couple things that caught my eye. First, I talked about it on last week's pod. Artur Betterbiev and Joe Smith were facing off for a unification at light heavyweight, 175 pounds, three titles on the line. I told you guys to bet the under. And my oh my, did the under hit emphatically. Artur Betterbiev 
came ready to fight. I had said last weekend, uh, last week rather, and that it had been kind of his M.O. that he starts a little slow. He didn't start slow. And Joe Smith came right out, ready to fight, ready to brawl, like I thought he was going to. Um, I thought Better BF would take a little more time to kind of, you know, download, if you will, kind of get his senses, catch, you know, catch what he felt the vibe was. What's his vibe, bro? Nah, nah, we just went, we just went right into violence. Just, just blows flying. And uh, Better BF knocked Smith down in the first, then two more times in the second. And the ref, the ref uh, mercifully waves it off. Joe Smith was on weak legs and was going to get, you know, flatlined uh, eventually. Um, Arter Better BF just continues to have, I don't know, bricks in his hands. <laughs> Whatever he's got in those gloves. Um, I know he does the thing where I think he can, like, hold a 45-pound plate in his hand and, like, rotate it and keep the plate straight. Um, so, yeah, just a, just a dominant performance. Um, I had told you Joe Smith at like plus 600 was worth it. Not so much uh, in hindsight. Um, but credit to Joe Smith, man. He came to fight. Like, he wasn't there to try and dance around and maybe get to a decision and get lucky. Like, he came to fight. He knew what his game plan was. He was going to try and take it to him early. Just, it didn't work out. Like, Joe Smith is made for Arthur Better BF. Like, that is, those guys could fight a hundred times and... If Smith wins one, it would probably be his best result. Like, Smith's there to get hit, as is Better BF, but Better BF just hits so hard and so precise, too. Like, Smith hits really hard, but he's got more of a looping shot to it. Smith just, I mean, Better BF just throws straight punches right down the gut, um, timed Joe Smith up so perfectly. I think it was on the first knockdown where he caught him. As Joe Smith was coming in, he caught him on the back of the ear, you know, knocks the equilibrium off. Um, it was just, it was the perfect performance from Better BF. So uh, it was it was fun while it lasted. All, what, five minutes and 30 seconds that we got to see was a great time. Um, I just, please, please give us Better BF versus Bavol next. Um, uh, Better BF has a, technically a... Uh, a WBO mandatory, I think. I forget who they said it was. Oh, Anthony Yard. Maybe it's, it could probably happen because they could probably take it over to England and get a pretty good crowd and a pretty good payday for it, but I don't care. Just give us better BFB Vol at the end of the year. Give it to the, what is it? It's June. I mean, Bevol's been off for a month or so now. We could do that in like September, October, November at the late, December at the absolute latest. Like, Let's get that thing happening. Let's roll that out this year, too. Have four undisputed title fights at the end of the calendar. That would be great. Speaking, uh, sorry, it wouldn't be another, it wouldn't be, it'd only be three undisputed. Um, I was thinking Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk. Um, but that date, they have got a, they've got a date penciled in for that now. I guess it's more pen, more pen now. Uh, August 20th in Saudi Arabia, we're going to see that rematch. They've been talking about July, but now now we're back to August. So um, must have been dealing with uh, trying to figure out a date and whether or not they were going to do it in England or in Saudi Arabia. But <clears throat> money must have been good. Go to Saudi Arabia. So that's where they're heading for it. Uh, also this weekend, I caught uh, the UFC. Uh, Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett 
decent little fight. Um, Kevin Holland also won on that card in the co-main. He was also out stopping crime at some point in the weekend, too. Uh, the dude really is Batman, apparently. So, um, But in the main event, Josh Emmett picks up a, uh, a five-round decision over Calvin Cater in a featherweight matchup. Um, that really could have rocketed Calvin Cater back up into title consideration. Josh Emmett was calling out all the dogs, which, I mean, I guess he's supposed to. Like, that's what you want him to do. But uh, Volkanovski and, and Holloway are fighting soon. He was calling them out. And boy, oh boy, if Calvin Cater, who's a pretty good puncher, can touch up Josh Emmett the way he did, and homeboy wants to get in the ring with Max Holloway, ooh, I, I wouldn't advise that, Josh. I would not advise that. Holloway would piece you up, and it would not be fun for you. And I don't think it'd go any better against uh, Volkanovski either, because Volkanovski is just, just beating people down. I mean, if you look at who he's beat, it's like everybody in the top. He's beaten Holloway before. He's beaten Ortega. He beat Shang Sung Jung. Holloway's beating Care. So like now, now you're getting down in there. You now you're getting down the list a little bit to see who's going to go fight him. But I, I don't think Josh Emmett wants should want anything to do with it. Maybe uh, see if you can work the game out a little bit. So, yeah, fun uh, fun fight weekend. Um, decent set of fights on DAZN this weekend. We got, uh, what do we got? We got Bam Rodriguez's fight in Julio Cesar Martinez. Um, like I said, decent fights. Um, yeah, Bam Rodriguez's Circus versus Secret Sorungzavai. I wouldn't butcher that name at all, would I? Um, then Julio Cesar Martinez versus... Uh, McWilliams Arroyo, that that should be fun. Julio Cesar Martinez is a fun guy to watch fight. And then Merzadon Akhmedeliev versus Ronnie Rios. All little guys. We got a featherweight, flyweight, and bantamweight um, going on in the zone card. So should be fun stuff. Um, other than that, not a whole lot of good boxing events coming up. We got some uh, a decent UFC card coming and here in a couple weeks. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep in touch with all of that. All right, everybody. Time for some passing thoughts. Um, I finally did it, guys. I finally finished the last James Bond movie. It took me a little while. Really, really ripped off like the first 24 or however many were that there were. And it, it took a bit to get to the end of the last one. So um, I'm done. I'm done. We've watched them all. There will be a show where I will review all of them, talk about my thoughts go back and kind of try and catalog the rankings on them. Just some quick thoughts. The Daniel Craig ones are too long. This last one was almost three hours. We watched over like three days. Too long. Not necessary for movies to be that long. Okay. A couple of memes I saw. NFL-related memes, which also leads me, I miss the NFL so much. I miss it so much, man. I just want to watch some football. I'll even settle for college football right now. I want to watch some football so bad. But the memes I saw. So the first one. When I'm bored, I'll go to a Cowboys playoff page and comment nice four playoff wins in the last 20 years and force them to correct me by saying they only have two. I love the trolling level on that so much. It's so awesome. Like, that is so fucking great that it's perfect. 
And then the second one, it's a picture of Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes shaking hands. And it says, you know what I did? I literally just stopped talking to my family. (laughs) That one really got me. Um, I've just recently started to learn about this. I think it's what, Jackson Mahomes? Uh, Patrick Mahomes' brother who's always like making TikToks and the world hates him. So that one, that one really made me laugh. Um, while we're talking about quarterbacks, <clears throat> so I'm just kind of scrolling through Facebook the other day, and I follow the Wisconsin State Golf Association because I will play in you know a tournament of theirs maybe once or twice a year. They posted the groupings for the Wisconsin match play. I had tried to qualify for the Wisconsin match play last year or two years ago. Um, played good, actually. Shot 74 the, the cut was 72, I think, that day. Actually, I led the field in birdies at the qualifier I went to. But So they're posting about the, the groups for the Wisconsin match play coming up. Four players in a group, 16 groups, 64 players. Well, I'm just kind of reading them, see if I know anybody. And group 16, Tony Romo's in there. So there's... Three guys and Tony Romo. Like, man, that must be both intimidating and cool all at the same time. Like, he's a very good player. But still, like, I don't think he would be the favorite to win. But that'd be cool. Like, you're just looking through and you're like, oh, who am I playing? Oh, shit, I'm playing Tony Romo in the first round. So I thought that was pretty cool uh, just kind of seeing that. Um, Another movie that I saw. I saw, I watched Heat. The movie Heat from 1995 with Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Ooh, great movie. Great movie. I've always heard about it. Never actually seen it. Recorded it. Again, this was I recorded it and it was on it was on, I think like MTV two, maybe. I recorded it. So it was like four hours of recording. So I mean this movie's pretty long too. And I watched it in like four sittings. So again, movies probably don't need to be this long. But man, this was a good movie. Really good movie. For me, the action is the juice, he says. I I really liked it. If you haven't seen Heat, I'd say go out and watch it. And now I'm going to say everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody from the 90s is in this movie. Everybody. Let me just read them off. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer... John Voight, Tom Sizemore, Diana Venarno, I don't know her, Amy Brenneman, I remember her a little bit, uh, Ashley Judd, McKelty Williamson, Wes Studd. Now, you're kind of reaching these people. If you saw the picture with them, you'd be like, oh, yeah, Wes Studd, Ted Levine. Uh, Ted Levine is one of the cops in Fast and the Furious. Dennis Haysbert, he's the... Allstate guy for all the Allstate commercials, William Fincher, Natalie Portman, Tom Noonan, Kevin Gage, Hank Azaria, like everybody. And then like you'll see there's more people than that that like when you see him, you're like, oh yeah, that guy, like it's him. This is probably where, uh, I don't know if anyone listens to the Rewatchables podcast, but this is probably where they got the that guy category from because there's a hundred people you're like, oh yeah, him. Like, I, I remember him. So, yeah, really fun movie. Pacino and De Niro are great in it. Uh, just just perfect, perfect. Um, 
what else? Ooh, tried the uh, tried the KFC chicken sandwiches. You know, on my on my hunt to do all the chicken sandwiches, the KFC chicken sandwich did both the spicy and the regular. Regulars, eh? Spicy's pretty good. Spicy's pretty good. They do a nice. Uh, it's it's a sauce. Is their spicy? It's not like like Burger King or Chick Fil A where they have a different sandwich for spicy. It's just a spicy sauce. The chicken's very good. Obviously, KFC makes chicken, so it's pretty good. It's worth it. If you're in the business of trying chicken sandwiches, I'd say try uh, try KFC. It's pretty it's pretty standard, pretty traditional. Burger King's a little off the wall in theirs. Like, that's a little different. I would even say, like, K- uh, Chick-fil-A's are a little, a little different. Like, when you think uh, KFC, like, that's more like Popeye's, the big, thick chicken. Um, so, yeah, and... It, it's worth it's worth a trying the eleven herbs and spices. So, check it out. Check it out if you're into the chicken sandwiches. Uh, what else we got? Ooh, let's continue on the food range. The roommate made some banana chocolate chip chip mini muffins. Ooh, very good. I love me a little mini muffin. She makes these banana chocolate chip ones, and they stay nice and moist. That's why I like them in the little mini size because when they're small, they don't get like too big and like dry out like they stay nice and moist very moist i like it i like it a lot also did any <laughs> did anybody see uh joe biden go down on the bike <laughs> i had to watch it like seven seventy times i just couldn't stop watching it he just tries to take his foot out of the little thing and he just goes down and i've had that happen like when you're on the bike at the gym and you can't get your foot out but the problem is, like, not the problem is, I mean, the thing for me is I'm not 80 and decrepit, so I don't just go down. <laughs> I feel bad laughing, because, like, it's an old dude falling. Like, he could have broke every bone in his body. But all I could hear in my head when when he was, like, while I'm watching the video of him falling, is Kevin Hart had, I think it was on his first special. He's doing it in a theater in Cleveland, and Shaq is playing for the Cavs at the time. And one of the bits is Kevin Hart picking on how Shaq falls. And he's always like, oh, oh, oh. And he, like, always falls slow. It's, like, the whole premise. But Kevin Hart's always doing the, oh, oh, oh. And that's all I could hear in my head is this Biden's going down. Ooh. And it was, uh, it was such an old man fall. Like, I kind of feel bad again laughing so much. Because it was such an old man fall. He, like, fell slowly. It's like, oh, it's happening. It's happening. Like, someone grab him. And then <laughs> and then there was a meme. I think Joe Rogan shared it. Someone someone put the image of him interviewing Conor McGregor when he sat down in the cage with Conor. And he's interviewing Joe Biden as he's falling. Uh, I loved it so much. It was so funny. Uh, it's Thank God the dude didn't break every bone in his body. He'd be like Mr. Glass walking around like a full body cast. I fell off my bike. Okay. My golf game is trash. But one day, every once in a while, you play okay. It doesn't make sense. Why is golf so dumb like this? So I play Friday, Saturday, Sunday this weekend. And Friday, whatever, we were racing daylight. I do love playing. I I love, so first of all, I got to play at my two favorite times. First thing in the morning... And, like, right at twilight. Friday night, we tee off at, like, 7. We originally only planned on playing, like, 
nine, nine, maybe 12 holes. We got off just before seven, but there was nobody out in the course in front of us. So we're just spinning around, just two of us, and it's just perfect. It's my favorite. That's my absolute favorite time of day to play is right at the end of the day. It's warm, but it's cooling down. The sun's setting. It's so great. We finished in the dark. Like we play, we were like, I think our ball went there. And then we finally finished on a par three. Uh, the 10th hole at the course I play is actually part three. We actually skipped it to get to 11 to get out in front of some people. But we finished the 10th hole in the dark, like so much fun. Played fine, but we were in a hurry. So like everything was good from like five feet and in. Like you just, you got it up there and you got going. Um, then Saturday morning, play first thing, play my best round I've played of the year. I, I, I think it was the best score too, but I was just, I was peering it like for me. I mean, which is very relative. My peering it is isn't that high of a standard, but it's, I'm, I'm hitting it great. I'm peering it. I'm rolling good putts. Like I'm seeing the lines. I'm making birdies. I'm not making doubles. Like I shoot 74 and I play Sunday. I'm just skanking it, just skanking it around. Like I can't hit the driver. I'm healing it. I'm, you know, miss clubbing myself, bad yardages. My putts aren't starting online. I'm not using the right speed. I don't make anything. And my chips, I'm judging the, you know, the first bounce wrong. Just just complete difference. 24 hours apart. Uh, how does it happen? How does it happen? It's just, it's mind boggling. And the next time I play golf, I'll probably play. Actually, I'm probably going to play terrible for a couple, for like three or four rounds now. Because I played such one good round. So... I'm screwed now for like the next week or two, but I'll be back out there hacking it around, trying to trying to find something, find it in the dirt, as they say. Okay, last thing here, and we'll uh, we'll wrap this thing up. I uh, I just randomly what was it? I was listening to uh, I was in the car and closing time came on, and it made me think of that scene from Friends with Benefits when he's like, I think this song's by Third Eye Blind. He's like, I don't think it's Third Eye Blind. And then they come back and like, this song is by Semisonic. Would you believe it's not by Third Eye Blind? So I listened to that, and then I was like, man, I want to listen to Third Eye Blind now. I listened to that whole first album again. Straight fire, man. Straight fire. Just gas. Gas, as the kids these days say. Just, a, I, I love that CD. It's my favorite CD. And it was funny. I was listening to it in the car and I skipped semi-charm kind of life. And in my head, I thought to myself, deep cuts only. Like the episode of The Office where they're skating around. He's like, play some Dave Matthews band, deep cuts only. I'm that guy. I'm that guy now. When I listen to the first album of Third Eye Blind, I look, more, I look forward more to like the other songs than like Jumper, semi-charm kind of life, how's it going to be? Like, I'm looking more forward to like... Motorcycle drive by, got a wine, London, the background, like that. So I'm deep cuts only guy. That's me. I, I've I've graduated to that. So all right, let's go wrap this thing up. What do you say? Okay, everybody. Closing time. Closing time. Closing time. By the band Semisonic, that is closing time. Not third eye blind. Yeah, so thank you guys again. I appreciate y'all coming back and listening. Kind of a, a quicker episode here. Um, we're in this weird part of the year where not as much sports going on. So um, if they're going to be sports-based episodes, there's just not going to be as much to talk about. So 
gonna gonna maybe dabble. I'm gonna dabble. Do a little dabbling in some other things. Maybe uh, try and reach out to some other guests that I've been thinking about. Talk about uh, you know the Bond the Bond movie review episode. We're gonna kind of get to that at one point here here sooner or later. Uh, might be some WWE stuff coming up on the horizon. You know, SummerSlams out there. They got money in the bank. Might uh, might tune into that. See what's going on. But we'll see. We got golf next week. Uh, mentioned there's a decent fight card on. You know, nothing crazy. Uh, and uh, the uh, the Stanley Cup will be wrapping up. That'll pretty much take up my sports focus. We'll be we'll be we're inching towards the part of the year where we'll be doing uh, some thoughts on some NFL previews. I'll be reaching out to some people. You know, maybe talk, maybe bring some people on and talk about their favorite team and kind of their thoughts on where they're going. So we'll uh, we'll get to all that. So we'll be back next week. I'm gonna keep doing this thing weekly. May uh, just gonna have to get a little creative in the summer here to figure out what we're gonna do. So all right, I appreciate all you guys. Till the next time, peace. <laughs>